How y'all doing this morning? Fantastic. Welcome to Renovation Church. Those that are visiting, uh, we sure are happy that you're here with us this morning, and we hope that you enjoy uh, the service. We um, often talk about Hang Five, and what that is 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 giving us five services to be able to connect with us and really see what uh, the Lord has for you here. Um, you're going to see different ministers, I being one of them, uh, Pastor George, as you saw up here earlier, uh, and just different ministers that come up and bring the word. And so, um, uh, again, we thank you for being here this morning. Let's go before the Lord in prayer and, uh, again, ask his blessing on the service this morning. Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing in us, Lord. God, thank you for those that are here. Thank you for this Advent season. Thank you for what you did by coming to this earth. <laughs> Lord, thank you for the joy that you brought on that day. Father, I pray that each and every person here, Lord God, this morning would um, hear your word. Not through my voice, but through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, let the joy of the Lord be their strength. We ask this all in your precious and holy name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Joy made flesh. What did you guys think of the play? Pretty good, huh? These guys. I, you know, I couldn't do it. I like being, I, I don't have a problem being in front of people, but I can't do that in front of people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so I really uh, take my hat off to those guys that can, can, can act and, and do that. And they did a, a phenomenal job. Uh, this week we are going... Um, into joy. Uh, last, the week before last, uh, pastor went through hope. Uh, Andy last week went through love. And today is joy. And I want to kind of define joy. And first of all, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to come up or anything like that this week. But if you would flip over, <laughs> flip over uh, your, your little leaflet here. And I want you to write joy on the top of it. For me. And I want you to briefly write down, I'm going to give you a minute or so, I want you to briefly write down what your definition of joy is. I want you to define joy this morning. What is joy to you? Go ahead. Defining joy. God. <laughs> hmm. Move. All right, got it? All right, let's go to Webster's Dictionary for a definition. Joy, according to Webster's, to experience great pleasure or delight. Rejoice, the emotion invoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires, delight. Merriam-Webster online, a feeling of great happiness, a source of cause of great happiness, something or someone that gives joy to someone. 
success in doing, finding, or getting something. The Hebrew dictionary defines joy. Simkal is the word. Blithesomeness or glee. Exceeding gladness. Joy, mirth, pleasure, rejoice. Or rejoicing. The Greek word for joy, kara, which Thayer defines as joy, gladness. Vine adds delight. Hmm. The verb for kara is kirin, which is most often translated to rejoice. Of course, verb, action, to rejoice. It's used 72 times in the New Testament. Closely related to this word, or same root word, is charis, which means grace. That which bestows or occasions pleasure, delight, or causes favorable regard. Grace. This morning I want to connect those two because they share the same root, charis and kara, in joy. And how many know through Christ Jesus, we received what? Grace. Through Christ Jesus, we received grace. We saw through the play that uh, a lot of us could, could actually relate to that in that uh, a lot of us have big families. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, uh, my family, my, my wife's family actually, my in-laws, we all go to the mountains of North Carolina for Christmas time uh, and, and spend it up there uh, at Lake Lure um, where, um, what is it, uh, the dancing, Dirty Dancing, thank you, was, was filmed. And so, you know, of course, my wife and I have to do the whole thing there. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I, I do a little salsa dancing. I don't do that type of dirty dancing. But um, uh, so we, we do that as a tradition, right? And most of you, I think, could say that you have different traditions, like we just saw up here this morning, of getting together, of, of sharing presence, of whatever it may be. You fill in the blank. And those things bring us joy, do they not? They do. Family brings us joy. Friends bring us joy. Happiness, delight, glee. They do. Now, I've, I've got to say that growing up, I didn't celebrate Christmas. Everybody say, oh. It was not that big of a deal to me because I didn't know what celebrating Christmas was about. Now, my parents... They taught me what Christ, who Christ was. They taught me the reason for the season, but we didn't celebrate all the, all the stuff that a lot of other people do. We didn't get together as a family. We didn't do any of that stuff. And to be honest with you, I didn't miss it. I really didn't. Just, just what I knew. Now, since then, my parents have given me, or, you know, my parents raised me to understand that you have options, <laughs> This was, our, uh, this was our choice, 
I'm going to raise you. We're going to raise you according to this word of God. And you can make your own choices through this word, through your understanding. And so we did. And, and my, brothers, my brother and sister and I, we all celebrate Christmas now. It was my parents' conviction not to just because of how commercial the season has gotten. And, and we all can relate to that, can we not? I worked for, um, uh, for Kmart and JCPenney's uh, for about seven years uh, there. And, and good Lord, I, I don't ever want to work retail again uh, in all my life if I, if I don't have to. And uh, um, because I saw how it affected people. In, at Kmart, I worked at the layaway department. Oh, man. You can only imagine what I saw, what I heard. You see what I'm saying? People cussing out their kids because they're just in such a wicked form <laughs> that they have to spend all this money that they don't have on people that they don't really know and only see that one time a year. And the frustration and the anger and the, you know, I hate this time of year. And, and so it, it always confirmed in my heart, oh man, I'm glad I don't celebrate it if this is what it is to them. But we know, according to Luke chapter 2, in verse 10, and you're not going to see it up here, when, when the angel told the shepherds, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The reason for this season, my, my parents used to always tell me, is Christ and Christ alone. There was no Santa involved. I hope I didn't ruin anybody's <laughs> surprise. There was nothing like that involved to them. And, and again, just it was their choice. If you do that, there's no condemnation. There's no. But they chose to just let us know the reason for the season. And I appreciated that. So this morning, let's dive in to what joy is. In your handout there, we'll go with the first blanks. The connection between grace and joy. One's joy is direct, directly proportional to the grace one has received through Christ. Let me say that again. One's joy is directly proportional to the grace one has received through Christ. A lot of people would define joy, and I don't know if you were one of them, but a lot of people, when you ask them what joy is, a lot of them will say, joy is happiness, me being happy. But we all know that happiness is fleeting, is it not? I was happy when we just got a new car. But in a few years from now, that happiness is going to be gone because I'm going to be dumping money into it because the alternator might go out. It needs new tires. It needs new brakes. I've got to get an oil change again. Uh, you know, my, my daughter just spilled a bunch of milk in it, and, and I've got to, uh, you know, have it clean professionally now because it smells like that spoiled milk. Some of you guys understand that. Um, 
And, and, and so that joy or that happiness, excuse me, that was there about that new car, all of a sudden it disappears. That's not what joy is. Joy is much deeper than happiness. Joy is in, internal. Joy is something that can't be taken away from you. A lot of secular folks would define joy as just that, again, happiness. I'm happy that I can see you. I'm happy that I'm having pizza. Just like they throw around the word love, right? Oh, I love pizza. <laughs> oh, I love the giants. Well, I should say bears. I love this, that, and the other, and it's so played out. I love, 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 but they don't understand the real meaning of love. Just like they don't understand the real meaning of hope. I hope that I get that new car, or I hope I get that new job, or I hope... No, 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 hope is much deeper than that. Just like joy is so much deeper than just a smile. Now, not saying that you can't smile because you're joyful, right? Smiling is, could, could be an outward expression of an inward condition because the joy of the Lord is your strength and you understand because of what God's done for you, because of the reason for the season, Christ himself, we have joy and we should be filled with that joy. Let me, let me share with you Rick Warren's definition of joy. And I, I like Rick Warren. Some people think he's played out, but I love, I love Rick Warren. I, I think he's got some wisdom, a lot of wisdom. He defined joy as this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Read that again, please. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy. That to me is the deep meaning of joy. I can agree with that. Can you agree with that this morning? If you can't say amen. amen. Remember, I'm the talking preacher. You got to talk back to me. You got to talk back to me. That is a phenomenal definition. He goes on to say this You'll find nothing in that definition about happy feelings because, as we all know, happiness is fleeting and temporary. Happiness is fleeting and temporary. I want you to understand this morning that there's a difference between the definition of joy between one that is a believer in Christ and one that is not a believer in Christ. For one that is not a believer in Christ, their definition of joy is going to be different from you and I. Their definition, again, is going to be about a job, a car, a house, a, uh, you know, something that's temporary. A Christian's definition of joy is going to be about who is living on the inside. Understand, the word says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in this word of God, you believe that he lives, the Holy Spirit lives then within us. Is that correct? 
And if he lives within us, then he brings something with him. And what he brings with him is found in Galatians 5.22. If you would, turn with me in your Bible to Galatians 5.22. Again, it's not going to be up here. I'm one of those that, man, I've got to change my notes. I change my notes constantly. I'm sorry. Galatians 5.22. And I'm standing here and I need to turn to it too. Galatians 5.22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ, or excuse me, those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, when the Spirit of the Lord lives inside of us, this is what the Spirit brings to us. These are gifts, or excuse me, these are fruits of the Spirit. What does that mean? Does that mean that we turn perfect after we ask the Lord into our lives? No. That means that as we spend time with the Lord in prayer, as we spend time in his word, because John 1, 1 again says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You want to get to know God? Get to know his word. Through fellowship of the saints. This right here is so very important what we're doing this morning. So very important. The fellowship of the saints. Why? Because there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. When I know my brothers and sisters and I'm dealing with something, I can go to Andy because I know Andy. And I can say, bro, I need your prayers. I need your support. I can explain to him what I'm going through. And God can use Andy to speak into my life. God can use my brother Chris here to speak into my life. Is that right? The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And as I know God's word and as I read God's word and as Chris does the same thing, he can say, well, Jay, let me tell you what God has been speaking to me. And man, how that sharpens me. And man, how that sharpens him. And man, how we grow together in Christ. We need one another. We can't make it alone, nor were we meant to make it alone. I can't stand when people say, oh, I don't go to church because I just think there's just too much hypocrisy and this, that, and the other. Well, let me, the first thing I tell them is, well, Chris, you can't change it if you're not in it. You can't change the game if you're not even playing if you're not on the roster, right? If you want it changed, be a part. And you can help it change. Amen? Let's move on. Sorry about this squeaky. I have to get with John about this. Sir. Joy is not a human-based happiness that comes 
and goes. Rather, joy is divine in its origin. It is a spirit-given expression that flourishes best in hard times. Listen, if the joy of the Lord is our strength, if our eternal salvation is our joy, no one can take that away from us. Is that right? We used to sing a song, I've got something the world can't give and the world can't take it away. That is Christ Jesus. The world didn't develop him, didn't, didn't birth him, and they can't take him away. They can't take him out of here. So no matter what goes on, no matter what happens, no matter what we're going through, because we have Christ in our lives, because the Holy Spirit lives with inside of us, we can have joy. Despite circumstances. Understand that Christians, we go through things, do we not? The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are, you will go through, Jesus said himself, various trials and tribulations. You must know that, Christians. You must know that. You will go through them. The beauty of it is that we can sustain our joy even through adversity because of the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is in us. They can't take that away, and we can't allow them to. Circumstances, people, the enemy, who we know has come for three reasons, to kill, steal, and destroy, but you can't let them. The Bible says resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Not he might, but he will flee from you. He has to flee from you. Unfortunately, through this time, again, and, and I know it's, it's, it's good people as well. Sometimes things bum us out, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm talking, I'm not talking about that. We will go through the, 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 the trials, tribulations. When we lost our son, there wasn't a smile on my face. If I'm real, my wife and I were crushed because of it. Did that change my eternal salvation, Chris? Not one bit. Not one bit. What it did do, or what it does do in me, is it raises hope now. That one day I will see my son again. And that excitement and joy now, years later, <laughs> that I get from that. Do you understand? But that's only through knowing the word of God, folks. That's only through understanding what Christ has done in our lives. A failure to remember those things graciously given to us which make for joy in our lives can explain why some Christians do not have the degree of joy they should. Failure to remember. I'll even say this. Lack of knowledge of the word of God can steal your joy. Lack of knowledge of the word of God can steal your joy. And you didn't even know it was there. And it's gone. You don't have it because you don't know God's word. It can happen, folks. And it does happen. 
It does happen. Unfortunately, I think that's one of the reasons why Christians get such a bad rap. Well, if you're supposed to be a Christian, why are you so mean? Why are you so ugly? Why are you so... I don't know about you, and I'm not asking for a raise of hands, but I know some people, and I'm sure you do, that profess Christianity, that, man, if you're a Christian, I don't want what you've got. I just don't. (laughs) There's no joy. There's no happiness. There's no nothing in you that I want. Why? Because you're not giving me any inclination that you have it. We, as believers, have every reason to be joyful. Why? Because joy made flesh lives with inside of us. He lives with inside of us. It doesn't matter your circumstances. Now, I'm not saying that in a mean way. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I could care less. No, no, no. We will go through various trials and tribulations. That's, that's a given. And a lot of times when we're going through those trials and tribulations, you, you could have done a lot of things, said a lot of things when I was in the hospital with my wife to me, given me scripture, quoted whatever, even, even a prophetic word at the time. My mind wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't at a place that I could hear you. And so there are things that devastate us in such a way that, man, we, we have to just walk through. Is that all right to say? But understand me this morning, church. It doesn't negate the fact that joy is within inside of you. Joy is still there. And it's a choice to allow it to exude from you Or stay bottled up inside. Along with those people that, that we know, some of us may know, that, that, that just kind of uh, are just sour pusses. We also, I think, can, can relate to those people that are just giddy all the time. As Amy rolls her eyes, yes, I know some. <laughs> I saw that girl. You know, I'm going to call you out. You know, those people that almost are so joyful or so happy that they annoy you. You know what I'm saying? There's extremes on both ways. You know what I mean? That's why he said, look, not right to the left, but stay straight. (laughs) But just so giddy, so full of life, full of joy, full of, and they're contagious, are they not? A lot of times. Sometimes when you're in a, you're in a rut, it can be annoying, and you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> but you know what? For the most part, it's contagious. When they leave the room, man, everybody's got a smile then again on their face because, man, they just experienced something. And I'm going to ask you this morning, church, have you experienced something? This time of year evokes many emotions. For some, it's, it's kind of like these guys here, you know, very happy. You know, they're remembering, they're, they're reminiscing. You know, they're, 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 they're happy about what's going on. They're happy about their relationship with each other. 
but let's be honest, this is a great time that because of that remembering and that reminiscing, that it brings sorrow of loved ones that have gone. Maybe it, you know, right around this time even. Just had a lieutenant in the fire service just lose his mom yesterday. What a tough time. I mean, any time is tough. But around this time, I think we, we hang a little bit more emphasis on this time because of, of what it is. And some of you may be experiencing those sorrowful feelings as well. Suicide rates go up during this time frame. Any holiday, but especially Christmas. Because people don't know how to handle it. Those memories and those situations and circumstances and those trials that we've been through just get the best of them. But with Christ, we need to remember, church, that it's not an emotion, it's not a fleeting thought or act. It's eternal in here. Sources of joy for the Christmas. Let's go on here this morning. Joy is a consequence of faith. Joy is a consequence of faith. Joy comes from having a confident trust or faith in God. Philippians 1 25. Do you guys have that scripture? Philippians 1 25. I don't know if you have that. You got that? Okay. Philippians, turn with me if you would. Philippians 1 25, or I can just read it. Philippians 1 25 says this, and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Without faith, In God, in Christ, we cannot experience abiding joy. Abiding joy. Without faith in God and in Christ Jesus, we cannot experience abiding joy. Why is faith essential to joy? It dispels the attitude that prevents joy from occurring such as worrying, such as fear. Again, through the word of God, we know that the word says be anxious in nothing, but with all things, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to the Lord. The Bible also says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen. So there again, knowing the word of God, it can dispel some of these tools of the enemy, if you will, that can bring us down. When that fear starts to hit, uh-uh. Lord, you, I know your word. It says, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, so I know that's not from you, God. And you can combat that right at the root. Amen. Since joy is based upon faith, this emphasizes the importance of the word of God in producing joy. Faith comes 
from the word of God. The Bible says faith in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we read God's word, again, it builds faith in us. The word of God produces faith and faith produces joy. How can you have true joy if you don't have a Savior? How can you have true joy if you don't have a Savior? In my opinion, you can't. It just doesn't happen. B, joy is also the result of obedience. Obedience to the word of God fosters joy in the hearts of the obedient. When the disciples and the apostles went through the different places, Samaria, um, Thessalonians, when they ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch, um, the Bible talks in each one of those circumstances about them feeling joy. It produced joy when they were obedient to what God told them to do. So our actions can produce joy according to the word of God. Our actions can produce joy. Conversely, disobedience dispels joy and produces fear. Does that make sense? When we disobey God, what does that bring? Mostly guilt, shame, Right? All those things that dispel joy. They push joy out of the way. Why? Because they come to the forefront. And it's tough to have joy when you're feeling guilt and shame and frustration and anger. Hmm. Could maybe your lack of joy this morning be an indication of lack of obedience on your part? See, joy is based upon forgiveness. We know because of what Jesus did on the cross. We know that through that, our salvation now is eternal. It's done. What's not to smile about? (laughs) What's not to have joy about in that? The guilt of sin is a major reason why many people lack joy. Awareness of such guilt causes stress, unhappiness, and worry. But where there is forgiveness, there can be joy. If you've not yet received the forgiveness found only in Christ, there's only one way to experience the the abiding joy that comes only from the Lord. D, joy also comes from Christian fellowship. Paul experienced joy by witnessing love and fellowship in Philemon. Philemon 7. He also found great joy in learning of the restoration of the brethren in 2 Corinthians 7 7. Paul rejoiced in the fellowship he had 
with the Philippians. John spoke of the joy, that was Philippians 4.10. John spoke of the joy that comes of Christian fellowship reunited. Are you developing and nurturing the kind of Christian fellowships that add to your joy this morning? Listen, I know it's, it's difficult to get with people, isn't it? I, I've got two kids, I've got a career, I've got this, that, and the other that kind of pull me in different directions. But the Bible says that we need to know those that we labor among. We need to know these people. We need to know that Lisa Hardiman has a dog that likes Mexicans and tries to hump their legs. I'm just throwing that out there. That's what happened last night. I went to her house and that's what happened. I'm just saying. I didn't appreciate it, but it happened. I'm just, I'm embarrassed by it. I'm sorry. Lisa, you lock that dog up next time I go on. It's true. True story. True story. E, I believe we're on. Is that right? Joy comes from Christian service. There is joy of spreading the gospel. I know through Angel Tree that those that were involved received joy last night. Is that right? It was rewarding to watch that go happen in front of your eyes, wasn't it? To be able to minister to those kids like that, because that's what that was. That was a ministry, and nothing less. There's joy in spreading the gospel. Barnabas rejoiced in the conversions at Antioch in Acts 11, 20 through 23. Christian Jews delighted to hear the conversions of the Gentiles when it was only given to the Jews. The Bible says they rejoiced and filled with great joy because of it. The Christian Jews delighted to hear, well, I just said that. There is joy in seeing the spiritual progress of others. This was a frequent source of joy for Paul, like in Romans 16, 9, Colossians 2, 5, 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 9. Paul saw a lot of conversions, did he not? And the Bible said he had great joy because of it. And you can relate to that. I can relate to that. If you've ever led someone to the Lord, there's great joy in that, is there not? To see someone receive eternal life through Christ Jesus, that's an exciting place to be. Jesus also spoke of the blessedness or the joy of giving to others in Acts twenty thirty five, And that's this time of year, is it not? That's this time of year. The joy of the Lord in conclusion is open to all who would receive it through such things as a review in faith in Christ, obedience to his will, forgiveness through his blood, fellowship with his disciples, and service in the kingdom. Again, Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Are we feeling weak this morning, church? Are we feeling joyless this morning, church? Let me remind you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. David said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Some of us just need to be reminded of who the joy giver is. 
Amen. Amen. It started at this table. Are we going to, yeah. It started at this table as it typically is, okay? Yep. Let's, let's go before the Lord and pray. Father, thanks, Lord God, for your unending joy, for your unending favor. Thank you, Lord, that the joy, your joy, is eternal. It's not fleeting, God. It's eternal. Father, I pray, Lord God, that if there's anyone here in the sound of my voice, that, Lord God, they need you this morning. They need that joy to be in their lives. They need to remember or they need to know of who you are and the joy that you bring because of what you did on the cross. Father, let, remind them this morning. Let them know. If they're going through various trials and tribulations this morning, Lord God, let them know that you're there and that your joy is still full in them. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. You desire that for us, God. Be with us as we go, Father. Continue to help us to remember what the reason for the season is this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took the cup and he poured. And he said, this is a new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. He also took the bread and broke it. This bread is my body, he said, broken for each and every one of you. We do this every week, not out of tradition, but out of obedience. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. So this morning, take a minute, just you and the Lord. Ladies, if you would, come up. And we're going to remember the Lord's Supper. Amen. We're going to remember the reason for the season this morning. We're going to ask God to fill us, restore us with joy. Amen. Amen. Come up as you feel that.
folks, in conclusion, I want to give you a few next steps very quickly. Number one, we want to, we are responsible. I was, I was reminded. There's responsibility on our part in this as well. Amen? There's responsibility. Like I said, knowing the word of God, fellowshipping of the saints, that doesn't happen automatically. That takes, that takes us taking steps. Amen? We just can't wait and say, okay, bring it, God. I'm ready. It doesn't work like that, right? There's responsibility on our part. And so our ne- the first step, I would say, is ask the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of joy in your life. Amen? Ask Him. If you're not a joyful person, if you're not one of these bubbly, overjoyed persons, ask the Lord. God, bring me joy. Give me that joy. Help me understand that, what that joy means in my life. Your joy. Number two, choose to live a life that is strengthened by joy. Again, that's a choice each and every day that we need to wake up and say, Lord, I'm going to live in victory today. Father, cancel the assignments of the enemy today that he has over my life. Cancel those, God. Help me to walk by the fruit of the Spirit. Again, a choice, something that we've got to do. And number three, then, don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. He can. He's good at it. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he can take it right from you if you allow him, and only if you allow him. Amen? Amen. Guys, Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming this morning. Go, go in love and the peace of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? We'll see you.